Hello, I'm Jerome Whittingham. I'm the editor of hollisthis.news. Uh, welcome back. This is our fourth co-produced podcast with the Yada Yada Spoken Word Group. Uh, their leader, of course, you'll know by now, is the lovely Alice Godber. Say hello, Alice. Hello, everyone. How's your fortnight been, Alice? It's another two weeks for me that I just whizzed by. It has gone. It's gone by so quickly. Each episode that we have, I feel like I feel like they are actually weekly episodes, but in reality, it's not, is it? It's been fourteen days. Uh, I can't believe how fast everything's going. Uh, let's let's hope this lockdown finishes just as fast as well, eh? and we can all get out and have a beer with each other or whatever. I hope so. <laughs> Slightly different format, isn't it, we've got tonight? We've invited uh, somebody else along. This person isn't going to be reading um, their, their works. Uh, they're not going to be having a five-minute slot like our guest poets. Uh, let me introduce this fella to you, really good friend of mine. He's a, a playwright, he's a writer, he's a theatre maker and director of various different arts, activities, and the like. Uh, it's Mr. Dave Windass. Do you want to say hello, Dave? Hello, Jerome. Hello. How are you? How are you Thanks doing? for having me on board. That's great to have you here. What are you up to at the moment, then? Well, I'm just staying in <laughs> <laughs> and growing my hair and cooking a lot. You're also about to launch something that Hull is This is going to be helping with, aren't you? Well, I almost forgot about that. Yeah, um, we're about to kick off uh, Amy Johnson 20 Days, which thankfully I wrote before. We went on lockdown, but um, basically it's uh, charting the uh, journey of Amy Johnson and her solo flight from England to Australia. And so that's a 20-day series, isn't it? That's been released um, clip by clip. We've got 20 days of um, diary entries and 20 days of short audio. I suppose it's a drama. It's uh, Yeah, it's a rip-roaring tale. Excellent. Well, by the time this podcast goes live, the first two ep episodes should be out. Right. Good to have you. Um, Alice, over to you, really. Uh, you're going to start us off with your, your thoughts over the last couple of weeks. Um, yes. Well, um, so, so basically, like I said before, I found that these the, the, the time between each episode, it, it is going by really quickly. Although I have, I have found myself writing... I found myself writing more, but I've also found myself writing more about my dad. And the, the majority of my poetry focuses around my grief, like for my dad. I think in some ways, all this lockdown is sort of heightening certain feelings, perhaps. Um, like I've got my 21st birthday coming up next week. And there's also our graduation in a couple of months. And I think partially lockdown it's sort of making it seem the idea of it more difficult so I've written a couple of poems and this this first one's called does the house remember us on nights when my mind is racing I close my eyes breathe deeply and imagine I'm back at home my old home our old house on nights when my mind is racing I pretend you're asleep in the next room. I find that thought so comforting. The thought of you there. We are safe. We are together. On nights my mind is racing, I can't stop wondering. Who now sleeps in your bed? Who lives in that house we once called home? Are they happy? On nights when my mind is racing, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. Is it full of life? Does the house remember us? This, this, next, this next piece I'd like to read is called In the Cupboard. And it's about a bottle of wine. I've got a bottle of wine in my cupboard. It was a bottle you had bought. I think you were saving it for something special. I've kept it all this time. In the back of my cupboard. Out of sight, out of reach. I've got a bottle of wine in the cupboard. My plan was to share it on our birthday. But I've kept it for so long. It's probably undrinkable. But it was the thought that it would feel like you were here. As though we were sharing a glass with you. Our 21st. 
a day of celebration. There's a bottle of wine in the cupboard. Your wine. Your twins. 21 at last. You would have been over the moon. Nearly three years that bottle has stayed. I don't want to let it go. I've built up this moment so much. I've got your bottle of wine in the cupboard. If I open it, it'll be gone forever. But I've put so meaning into this wine. I can't, but maybe I should. Let it go, open it, and toast to you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Alice. This lockdown, these weeks are going to be very sad times for many people, aren't they? How difficult, I mean, I'm just sort of concentrating on your 21st birthday, really, to try and find a sort of lighter moment in all this. Is it still going to be a really significant occasion for you, turning 21, or is every day just the same and you're almost putting off the celebration to mark the occasion at a later date? Well, we're gonna we're gonna try and do something nice. I'll I'll be spending the day with my with my twin brother and my mum and her partner, and we're gonna have a barbecue and you know try and make as much of a nice day as possible compared to what we would have been having. But we were gonna have a me and my brother were gonna have a big joint party um, with you know all of our friends, people from uni, like every family from Manchester. Um, so obviously that can't happen, but we're we're, we're either going to just do it in a couple of months' time and have it as like an end of lockdown if it's safe to do so, or possibly doing a 21 plus one. Plus one. <laughs> so, so, that, so that would be quite fun. Yeah, I, I don't really know. I just sort of see it. It will sort of just feel like another day, really, I think. But that's not necessarily a terrible thing if you're surrounded by people who you love. What are your most dominant emotions at the moment, Dave? You've had a, a pretty tough few weeks yourself, haven't you? Yeah, my um, my mother died quite um, early on in this uh, uh, whatever whatever we call this COVID nineteen situation. So we've had to deal with that. So Alice's two pieces there really it made me think about. Obviously, she's thinking about. Um, her dad and and people that aren't there anymore, and it's definitely a time for reflection, isn't it? And thinking yeah. about people that aren't aren't there, you know, uh, those that are still with us, you know, who are out of reach, who we want to spend some time with. Um, so yeah, it's it's a difficult time, isn't it? I, I wonder, Alice, if you if you if it's made you think about your subject matter that you usually turn to, and how things that might have seemed insignificant or unimportant previously might have more impact now and you might turn to those things more to the subject matter um well, well I mean I've always I've always had a focus around my dad but I, I did find especially last night when I wrote the piece about the bottle of wine how it's it is sort of just a bottle of wine isn't it but you for some reason it's got it's now got all of this sort of emotion and like memories and like emphasis on it mm. and it, that, that there was there's a plan to have to open it and you and drink it but you know n- now I'm on, unsure but I have to sort of ground myself and think it is a bottle it is a bottle of wine it's meant to be drank yeah 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 and you're trying to keep those memories obviously yeah the cork intact <laughs> it's, it's a good metaphor isn't it yeah yeah definitely would you like to introduce our first um, guest poet, Alice? Yes. Um, so up first, we've got Drew. Yes. Hello. My name's Drew. Alice, thank you for having me. Hello to everybody I already know. Um, Tom um, and Alice and Emily and Rachel. Um, and to everybody else new that I'm meeting, hello as well. well. Welcome to the podcast, Drew. It's really good that you're taking part. Thank you. I guess I'll just crack on with it. I um, I don't usually explain uh, my, my poems. I just let people figure them out. Um, but I can go into a bit of depth if people want to ask questions, definitely. Um, I've got a few with some um, naughty words. 
Um, so the first one I'll do by request of Alice. This feisty feminine feline frequently fluctuates in furiosity. In fact, flushing foundation ferments fear from fiends and foes. Furthermore, foxy, fabulous, fickle and financial are fucking fiery and facetious and fastidious fragments. Unfair flip-flop philosophy finalized no fondant on feet or even for a fit foot in faint font. Four flies plank filaments finishing friendships and flooring at 40. Frolicking around Felicity is a funky and funny feeling, but frustrates fortified blaming fans. Force forces physically fancy fresh flesh. So a cafe lap half rough tusk of coughs, few fading phases, bag fishing for heaters, falling foot of fame, faffing, fakeness afar, my favourite fluffy and fat feathered peasant, figure out fourteen to fifteen fouls by five, diffusing fist fights, fidget film fright, fixing fizzy faults in February, folks feed me free food. Foolish frown and festering fume like fog, forgetful in phantom fantasies, flinching frogs and Frenchmen, FYI. Um, so that's the first one. The next one I'll do um, is more about love. Um, I think I had a bit to drink when I, had th- when I made this. Um, so this one's a little bit nonsensical. You could be my buttercup, f- fresh face and you build me up. Let me go when we're high. Let me fly like a butterfly. I touch the outline of your skin at night. And I know that the colours of birds' feathers are hard to change. For in dreams can come water. But so comes happiness. What I say to you is now eternal. Because you never forget. But the flower without rain is not living divine. Be thou thine for the poet's sick. My shirt is off-white. Pants faded grey. And the same jumper. Who knows when she kicks in. I am in a cloud and I love loving love. Speakers stand in stages. We really listen to the sweet oh when we're high. It's easy with you. Have all the poems been written, you tell me. I call you an angle and we flow. Love your mind, love your body, love your soul. Self-love, young love, true love, old love, friend love, tough love. Love at first sight. It's okay to love yourself and let yourself fall in love a bit. See life in a different perspective. Something you missed is like an old song you heard for the first time. Balance is resetting your mind. Unlock my mind. I'm not wise, so it's up to you. Eat burger, kiss, eat burger, maybe kiss some more. Imagine a world in which everyone could and they do. You've walked into the caves now and you found three others. A beautiful man, a sarcastic woman and another who has lost their mind. Um, The next one is a little bit faster. And it is, take a breath before you go home across the globe, back on the phone and act like a drone. Get me back in my comfort zone. You're a culture vulture, a full-time boozer. You're a loser in the eyes of a guy who thinks he's a mile high above everyone else. He says sarcastically, it's a hard life in the sun, the sea, the sand, but we don't mind. Maybe he's not felt the sun, seen the sea, put his hands in the sand the same way we have. You love it here. You come from a different land, but you band us together. You understand us and you don't demand us. You tan the same way the sand is. You're young, you're fun, and you go for midnight runs on the beach instead of watching QVC on TV. The next day you're learning your ABCs in Chinese and you do it all for the sun, the sea, the sand. So I have my fingers crossed for you, a new and you. A new day may be grey, but the older you is the newer you. Take a pew, have a few minutes to let the roof sauce cool because it's good for you. And this chat is long overdue. Some of us are on a wild goose chase. Some of us stayed in our birthplace. Some are unorthodox and knee socks and Reeboks. Some are mess with ethnic sex, can lubricate, vibrate and gyrate. Don't complicate, just exhilarate. All this Taurus trap generation gap, cutthroat crap like bees love antifreeze. What the fuck is up with that? Relax. Watch me fall back, collapse into my backpack. Lovesick lunatics are just nicey-nicey with icy hearts, so birds of a feather are now under the weather. The exclusive dream is what we need without an elixir. So stop barcode eyes and go back to the sun, the sea, the sand. Now, the last one is a bit of, just a bit of fun. And it's one of the first poems I ever wrote. And I just think it's, it's one of my favourite ones because everyone loved it. Um, one's called um, Sex.
finished. <laughs> Hope you all enjoyed. <laughs> I like the way you said finished at the end. <laughs> I can tell you, you're just, a, you're just a born romantic, really, aren't you? Finished. Of course, of course. <laughs> One theme I've taken from what you've said there, I love this idea that uh, each new day, you're one day older, but actually you're one day newer. Isn't that a lovely thought, Dave? Mm. Yeah, most definitely, yeah. So I guess it emphasises that life is, you know, for living, isn't it, really? That's what it does, I think. I loved your wordplay, um, Drew, and your kind of fun with language, and uh, there's a list type quality to some of your work there. Um, yeah. Obviously, you're reveling in language. How much of that is kind of related to your passion for travel, do you think? Um, well, a lot of the um, poems I've written have, have been whilst I've been away. I began writing when I started travelling, basically. Um, and some of them, in fact, all of them, actually, uh, I did. Uh, my favourite ones have been whilst I've been travelling. Um, the, the words with F, all the beginnings of F, I picked out the reason I picked those four, three that you'll put on the air, um, because they're the ones that I enjoy the most, are the most fun. They people enjoy them, people laugh. The words with F. Um, I was teaching in a school in Honduras, um, and the kids just couldn't pick up the F words. So I was like, right, let's let's sort this out. Let's let's F F F F. You know, let's let's get something going. Um, with love uh, and the one that doesn't sort of make any sense at the end it was like a pro progression um, I had the I think I was in a I'd just come back from a party and it was the next day and I just felt so in love with the place and in love with the people it really filled me up with like so much love for for people and for traveling in the sun which brought me on to the the sort of speedy one Mm -hmm. um, the, the I don't think I had a title for that one, but the speedy one that that's kind of like a mixture of loads of poems I had together. Like you know, I maybe maybe everyone does the same thing. You'll just be drifting off to get this idea, and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to write that down immediately. Um, and then you can't get to sleep again, and then you start falling asleep, and they whoa, another idea. And it seems to be when you fall into sleep. So I had this, I had all these ideas. I didn't know how to put them together. And then I was like, right. And then one day it just sort of clicked. And I was like, I need to do it. I need to have a bit of speed in this to put it together. And, that, and that's sort of how, how the, the, the fast one birthed itself. Yeah, fantastic. fantastic. And, and great that you're not just writing poetry, but creating education resources for pronunciation. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, thought, I, I mean, I thought you can, you can put a bit of both together like poetry is english language english writing and it is good for it is useful for, for people to learn excellent thoroughly enjoyable a lot to learn a lot of education in the poem that we're not going to be putting in the podcast as well <laughs> yeah well i mean um that one was i i remember the first time i performed and i wrote a i wrote a really really depressing um poem and i was thinking that's not that's not how I want to project myself onto people. I I'm not a depressing person. I, I've got the full spectrum of emotion like everyone. And I thought, you know what? I want people to, I like to make people laugh. And I was like, what's the best way I can do that? I can put it in a poem. I can have a bit of, I can have one super passionate emotion that's sad and all this. And then I can have the other side as well where I'm super fun and it's funny. And it, and that goes off the off the lives of different people that I've just created in my head. So all different styles of um, relationships, shall I say, that would be the best word to use. Teeming with life. Thank you, Drew, for your contribution. <laughs> Alice, who do we have next? Um, up next, we've got Michelle. Thank you, Alice. Thank you for having me. This is my first Yada Yada podcast. Um, Congratulations on the other three. I've had a list and I'm very impressed. So the first one I've chosen is a short poem on determinism and it's called The Monkey Who Wouldn't Climb Trees. There once was a monkey who wouldn't climb trees, so he sat on the forest floor staring at his knees. 
He could unzip a banana with his opposable thumb, but wasted all his time perched on his bum. One day there came a great forest fire. The other monkeys fled upwards as the flames grew higher. The flames licked his fur and singed his opposable thumb. The ground grew too hot for his bone-idle bum. The monkeys watched as he danced about and made desperate attempts to put the fire out. The monkeys above buried their heads in shame to ignore the squeals of a dumb monkey in pain. This tale has a hard lesson, a moral that holds true. If you were born a monkey, do as monkeys do. So the next one I've chosen, I've been um, living a lot in the past lately. I've been doing my blog and a lot of my blog is uh, writing about memories and childhood and, and different things. It's hard to think about future and write about future when, 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 you're, when the world is stops just outside your doorstep. This is called Windy Days. Windy days from when you are young, windy days that blow the leaves into assembly, gazing upwards through long windows, watching the tops of tall trees whipping back and forth. Why am I all the way down here, cross-legged on a scratchy carpet, when I could be out there, body buffeted by the wind? But if, for one careless moment, you turn your back, the wind will tug loose your woolly hat, nip underneath your duffel coat, lift you right off your feet, fly you like a backwards umbrella. The teacher drones on about nothing at all. The chalk hits the board beating time. Still the wind is rattling at the glass, begging to be let inside. The third one comes from uh, Anna Bean, a friend of mine. She does an art club on a Sunday and uh, she started up, you know, because everyone's in lockdown and having a, a creative diversion at the weekend is, is so, so healthy and fun. And so the first one she did, the theme was simply cats and people had to respond to that however they wanted to. So I wrote a poem and it's called A Question of Starlings. Served up only noise and neuroses, the tousled orange and white tabby blinks sleepily into the flames. A timely rescue from a grubby pub roof. Pin-sharp claws flex from pudding soft paws. Four languid limbs stretch out to steal all the heat. The queenly feline settles herself to muse upon the flighty, feathery nature of, of starlings. A log shifts in the grate, disturbing her dreams. She eyes the offender forensically then sinking her claws into the hearthrug for good measure, she ret returns to dwell upon the irresistible question of starlings. And the last one I've chosen for you is about my favourite place in Hull. And that place is a little club on DeGray Street called the Adelphi. And this is called The Next Buzz. I turn the corner. There's a queue going right down the street. The occasional shriek as excited young girls dream of men they might meet. My feet make no sound as I pass around people standing. Striding for the door, I go inside, unhindered, unseen, and take a seat. I wait and watch as noise and people pile in. Here tills ring as drinkers get served. Sliding behind the counter, I measure a shot in a small glass, then take another without a care, sliding back to my chair. 
The lights go out, now a whisper, then a shout. Fans push to the front to get a better view as four guys walk on stage to the sound of stomping feet. I look on as one by one they take up guitars, bass and beat. They sing a song that's not so long, the crowd surge and cheer. They begin another called Lost Lover. This one, a prayer, hangs in the air. Sparks danced alive in the eyes of the crowd. Glasses no longer chink, people forget to drink. Longing, listening for one more glistening chorus. Smash go the cymbals, crash go the drums, flash, flash, clicks a camera, then the moment has passed. A new song starts and the crowd scream for more. Cheeks flush as the room gets hot, but I am not. Finishing my shot, I look first to the shabby floor, then to the open door. Take a lingering look at the band. Glass in hand, I weave a path through the joyful fans. A cheer, a shout, a whistle, and I'm out. The music fades behind me to a background fuzz as the gig-loving ghost forever seeks the next buzz. I bet you were at that gig as well, weren't you, Windus? Yeah, well, I was just thinking when Michelle started up there, one of the one of the things that I, I'm missing quite a lot is is kind of going to gigs, going to the Adelphi. And I've I've not even given a thought to how Jacko is who runs the place, who owns the place. But I don't know. But uh yeah, I'm a I'm a gig going ghost, no doubt. Uh, be- beautiful imagery, Michelle, in your poetry these days and um, you said really lush and beautiful language now, but but then often there's an air of simplicity. Like there, there's a line in your question of starlings, which was just like really simple, the flighty, feathery nature of starlings, um, alliteration that Drew would have been proud of there with your use of yeah, words yeah. beginning with the letter F. But um, yeah, do you, um, obviously one of the poets, jobs is to kind of come up with metaphor and complex use of language but when you hit on a simple phrase like that are you well chuffed with yourself i i have in the past uh, got bogged down with having lots of long phrases and and um losing the the simplicity so when i do find i, I can convey something in a minimal amount of words and something quite succinct, I do. I, I get a real buzz from that, definitely. Because you might have a lot of images in your head mm. and getting them on the paper, you end up with a lot of words and that's not necessarily what you want in a poem. Yeah, good craft. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Michelle, that was lovely. Thank you for sharing that with us. I love how you took us from the complexity of metaphors to the simplicity of a monkey's bum. Thank you. Thank you very much. Who do we have next, Alice? Up next, we've got Rachel. Hi. Hello, Rachel. Welcome back. Hi. Um, I've only got one poem at the moment. I've been struggling to really produce anything, just sort of hit a real blank. Like I'll get sat down, get like a glass of wine or, you know, um, and then sit and try and write something out, but just got completely blank mind and... I just can't really seem to produce anything. So only got one poem today and it's called White Shores. Sand shifts as I plant my feet one before the other. The chilling wind washes over me, making me feel colder. My body fills with energy. I feel alive once again. I inhale the salty flakes of sea air. I close my eyes and release a sigh along with all my cares. The waves crash like thunder, begging for my attention. I watch them drift back out and notice the stars in reflection. No other sound can be heard on these white shores, apart from when wind lets out one of its almighty roars. But he only means to sing sweet things to you, a small reminder your journey is not yet through. Suddenly, I slip on something underfoot. A concerned feeling rises in my gut. I draw my eyes down to see what I have discovered. 
a small round treasure I seemed to have uncovered. I reached down and dust off damp grains of sand, sitting carefully holding you with both hands. You flash memories to mind as I hold you to my chest. I dig a hole and bury you below to rest. Let your resting place be this beach of pure heaven. Let your blanket be as warm as the rays of the sun. I hope your life will now be an easier one. I lay beside you as droplets of love fall from my eyes, one for each time we shared the same sky. My body now cool upon this damp bed of sand. My tears still fall onto the soft land. But I am now at peace beside you once more, thankful to have strolled these heavenly white shores. The stars in the night sky glisten and dance. I remember every kiss, all the love and the romance. Each breath now I take is shorter than the last, as I lay here and reminisce over our past. I think how else I could have spent this final day and realised this was, of course, the only true way. Thank you. Where did that take you, Dave? Where will that take me? Well, it's just obviously there's always a theme at these things, and I'm I'm sure that we're all thinking about reminiscing, aren't we, and remembering, and you know that's that's just there because of the times that we're living in. Um, what really stuck out was another simple line, really, there for me that stood out um, of Rachel's that there was no no other sound can be heard. Just um, we're probably sick of the sound of silence at the moment, but it's worth thinking about. The silence when we get out into nature, I think, as well as that beautiful piece of storytelling that you've just um, provided us with with that piece of work, Rachel, I think. Thank as you. Well. Um, and, and then the other thing, what you said right at the top in your introduction that you're struggling to produce work at the moment, and um, obviously I'm like listening to a lot of other artists and writers and follow a lot on social media like everybody does, um, and it's... and and you're not alone and that you have to remember not to kind of beat yourself up about the fact that, you know, you've got, you may have a fair bit of time on your hands if you've been furloughed or you, you know, you're having to stay in the house, but yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be immediately creative and every minute of the day is going to be spent producing work because that'll just come whenever, won't it? So, um, I think, you know, there's two sort of ways you can look at this, big chunk of spare time we've been given you know and you can do a mixture of both by all means you can really relax and just let yourself completely reset let your body completely reset let your mind completely reset or you know you can some days use the time to get those little jobs and those little things you've been meaning to do done so it is important to really reset yourself for sure yeah, and that, that will stand everybody in good stead going forward creatively, I think. And thanks, Rachel, for taking me out of these four walls just uh, momentarily. Thank you, Rachel. Um, up next, we have Esther. Hiya. Um, I've got three today. One on my uh, issues with alcohol, one on the lockdown, and then um, I'll end with like a love sonnet. So, first one, Gordon's morning. Stirring in the sleepy dawn, the first recognition is a pulsing thirst. In the pit of the belly, it stokes an engine. Even a hungry mouth would choose that rancid water and its empty promise. Club you over the head again and spend all day and night fighting back the sickness. You've already re-established the shaking whenever you move. Days without drink, the joints in your arms quiver. Walking tipsy when sober, already pasted back up, the glottal stub that punishes swallowing and even breathing, each movement jerking over a groaning stomach, blasted before noon. Early on that was fun, when your insides were not cavitated from the brimstone you happily drink. That was the first thing you gave up. It was the most egregious, the most painful, and it came back, no questions asked. Sure, feel unfettered from scrutiny when no civilised group can tell how soaked in distilled gore you are. Toast the new waking sun and say cheers. Business of death is booming. 
second one's called Antistrophe. At daybreak, a crow was finishing his breakfast of worms when a robin flew down and washed himself in a puddle nearby. It's quite impressive, remarked the crow. You've greeted the humans at the same time every morning, even trying out some new songs. It's pointless, but it's admirable. The robin wetted his back, brushed down his little wings, shook his tail, keeping his eyes on the crow, who chewed his meal slowly. Seems like an eternity since they were around, doesn't it? He said, their young babes running and shouting, filling up the roads and streets, shrieks of laughter night after night. We wouldn't welcome all that back. The robin waded out of the puddle and began warming up his voice. Crow frowned. Every day he had dined at the same time and Robin had come to prepare for his solo, that silly twinkle of light. Every day the robin had said how important it was to keep singing, how he had sung when the humans had argued, when they had cried, when they had worked, when they had sat and held themselves. Every day the crow had laughed, but now, annoyed. You think they've ever heard you? That they'll ever hear you, he spat. Or are you doing this for yourself, the lone torch in the night? Why put yourself under such labor when the rest of us are moving on with our lives? Robin ended his note. He sighed, watching the same dark eyes. It is no burden on me to at least offer some comfort, he said. If I can spare a minute of song, whether it's heard or not, whether I'm seen or not, why not spare it? We do not save our deepest strength and when we do not need it. The robin flew off, the first arias of his symphony ringing out. The crow returned to his worms, the music in his ears. Uh, and this last one's called Auburn. In the darkness, a jewel cannot gleam and cast the fire of the universe broad. So when she cut the stifling cord, banishing the night with her pure beam, there shone softer edges on rugged forms. No shape appeared as wretched more. Beside me held fast her courage and store. I braved her the sunniest of autumn storms. With the kiss I felt a champion crowned. She was my sword and lantern strong. All greatness gathered without wonder wrong. Never I more eager in happiness drowned. Those days burned rarer than ancient gold. And would we remain young if our love grew old? Thank you. Um, Esther, the, um, that, 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 that work was beautiful and um, the, the first piece there was your Golden's Morning was a very honest piece of work, so hats off to you for exposing yourself, I, I think, in that way. But I was really struck by the, by the tale of the crow and the robin and a reminder that kind of nature does its thing there and kind of is there singing as a song, whether we listen to it or not, it's there to be listened to if we want if we want it and we need to turn to that yeah um i've done a couple of poems with the um, those two uh, a robin and a crow I sort of like as a, a chorus commenting on um what uh, you know the effect the lockdown's had now it's sort of in some ways it's changed the way that we react to um our new living conditions in other ways it hasn't changed so i've yeah i just thought that was a bit uh, i hadn't done that for quite a while as well so I thought um, enough time's passed to give it an update between these two. Yeah, an interesting, an interesting perspective on the kind of uh, the way that you know uh, nature is kind of conversing with each other. There, you know, the crow looking down on the robin, sort of trying to convince him that no one's listening. So why is he bothering? Is he is he doing it for some kind of selfish reason? And obviously, that's not the robin's purpose there at all. I just thought it was a lovely piece of poetry. Alice. Up next, we have Emily. My best one was um, done in a writing workshop with a couple of the Wear Jenny's Under 30s lot uh, with Johnny, and it's called Barefoot Bride, and it was prompted by Mascars. Yeah, you'll, you'll know once I start reading. Um, Fridge magnet letter spells spills out a letter fit for a bottle SOS style. Ruby kiss set circled in orbit around the 
consolation skin woven tapestry my foot now is. Traded visual appeal, satisfy the bizarre foot fetish guy. I trade toddler, toddler claw crawl for enthralling elderly hybrid for a chance to dance in the feet my body was not deemed worthy of in infancy. Barefoot bride is the clan I dreamed to subscribe to. I do not inhabit the dwelling of a mutant, however much mortals beg to defer. No, my talents are spirits that call other realms home. However, you best believe I can still slay in my own special way. Heal the mermaid scale and dragon tail, for they built the kingdom, throned queen, you pledged to explore the, the explore life lily pad games with from now on. Turn off it. Um, I pledged to lash out at the thunder cloud wrath. If it lurches in the shadows of your path, this ferocious queen will clap back. Make no mistake about that. My T-Rex claw will will clamber to saw to saw you amongst the cotton candy clouds, so that the sweet embraced my might grace your lips. I must, however, warn you. You may experience some ambitious turbulence in my attempt to catapult you into the stratosphere where you belong because you're too good for this plane, time and space. It is true one day. The gift of you will be spent and from the earth the gods will reclaim the ray of sunshine that manifests itself in you, and you will ascend back to the pedestal from once you came. But I want this thought to constantly remain whilst the whilst the record of my heart is on repeat. I am privileged that you sing the nightingale melody that makes it complete. <laughs> that went so well. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the first one. All I can say is thanks, Johnny, because uh, that was great. Um, um, the next one is, yeah, we'll go with straddle, shall we? Straddle, I want to straddle you before I saddle you. With the, with the ticking time bomb, that rattles and robs my trembling phoenix soul. I am plagued with the fear that if I don't, I write my own love tombstone, a bleak obituary of me. When you inevitably leave, paving the way on the heartbreak brain, by all means, speak in your mother's tongue. Make me swoon, just know you're going to have to try a little bit harder, a lot harder to make me come. Next, along with the theme of lockdown and family and uh, birthdays, um, I'm gonna be celebrating my 23rd birthday in a couple of days and it'll be the first birthday I have without my sisters um, there with me. Um, a lot of you may know I'm a triplet, so it will be really hard to be without them. Um, so yeah, I wrote this. From the womb to present day, we have never been apart. And now it's time to make way to the 
to allow your being my heart to take centre stage, take the place of your embrace. Shakespeare theatrical expression crown the keepsake of the day we waltzed and wheeled down Main Street. Kingdom of childhood embeds you immortal in the vines of something beautiful. Cocoon in the cacophony of the vintage uh, melody. Sorry, my handwriting's atrocious and obviously I'm dyslexic, so. Uh, melodies, legends have left behind a place in which our imaginations run wild, explore, explode out of us in and run wild. The form our dreams have fashioned, we are kindred yet distant in talent, art, form, and now unfortunately space. The sun will set on my twenty on my twenty on my twenty-two days and and rise on my twenty-threes. How I wish you could see and revel in this with me. Have I got time to read my last one? Yep, go for oh, it, Emily. Not. Yeah, go for it. So we've got it's complicated. And this one was actually a prompt for Moon of Words. So, along with myself, thanks, Moon of Words, you give me a cool poem. Um, um, and it's called It's Complicated. This is the phrase they crafted to deter us, scare us into submission, crafted in their testosterone driven plot. In my opinion, a buffoon could have drafted up. Yes, it fit them quite nicely, seen as our heads were on the chopping block of history. When the well of lust ran dry, they would mark her idea to die. The concept of a woman is the flower, whilst the, whilst the reality incorporates the thorns, threatened they sound the battle horn. Pancas, Nightingale and Lovelace felt the wrath, the differences <laughs> Emily, you've you've created pictures with your words that I can never do with my camera. So I admire you for that. Thank you for that contribution. Yeah, splendid stuff. I think the through line in your work, Emily, which is uh, uh, really beautiful to listen to, is is that you are a a powerful woman. Uh, make no mistake. Um, you know this ferocious queen who will slap back. Um, <laughs> you can slay in your own special way. And I and I, I know the the uh, the final piece that you read there was is more complex than this. But that the, the reality of of woman there, I think that's that's you, you've got a lot to say and you say it powerfully, powerfully and with strength. And that's fantastic to hear. Thank you so much. That means so much. <laughs> oh God, you're gonna cry. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. Um, up next we have Tom. Hi. Yeah. Last week got onto uh, I was sort of talking in a quite sort of cobbled way about uh, titles. Um, so I thought I'd bring on a list of titles that that sort of didn't didn't go anywhere this week. Um, but anyone, if anyone wants a title. They can they can help themselves if they want. If anyone's struggling with with anything, I'm sure you're all okay. I'm sure you're fine. So uh, the titles that that might have been oh, and still still could be, gripping and slipping away. Cabin delusion number one. Cabin delusion number twenty eight. Always hitchhiking in the same car. Um, profiteering in a crisis. Profiteering in a pandemic, uh, the undying, tiresome creatures, against certainty, 
And the last one is I spun a cocoon. So uh, help yourself if you if you need anything. The next one I'm going to read is called uh, I Need Devotion. It goes like this. Um, I need devotion. I crave dependency. Pull me out of the ocean. Take me down to the sea. Without emotion, I'll tell you what I see. The plane went down over the ocean. They can't find the body. On a pissy wet road to a twisted memory, lightning strikes twice around you and strikes itself around me. All the sad poems have been sucked from the city. Lightning strikes twice around you and strikes itself around me. All that seems so broken up blossoms miraculously. Lightning strikes twice around you, strikes a tree around me. I need devotion. I crave dependency. Thanks. I'm not, I've only got one. <laughs> I should have said at the start. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I love that list that you, you gave us. Oh, sorry. I love the list you gave us there, Tom. And I don't know. That it, what's the difference between profiteering in a crisis and profiteering in a pandemic? And I don't which, know. Which, just so which too, one too, can I get away with? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I suppose the profiteering in a pandemic is a sort of step up from the crisis because you've got the two Ps, so. I can say, are you against a bit of profiteering, Dave? Um, well, as much as you can be uh, in society, I'm a bit anti-capitalist, but um, uh, yeah. So I, I am, I am, but I think I'm developing a business plan for Tom, and that would be to to take these titles he generates and to actually sell them for a profit rather than give them away. So I think you need to kind of work on your strategy going forward. I think it's yeah. uh, it's quite. A, I mean, it's obviously you're creating your own writing prompts, and I listened to the last one of these podcasts earlier today, actually. And um, when you were talking about the fact that your starting point is is very often coming up with these titles, and some of them stick, and some of them don't. And I, I think it's uh, it's a, it's an interesting way of working. I think, um, but uh, but impressive. It obviously gets you over any kind of writer's block that um, might otherwise set in if you just sat looking at a blank page without a bank of titles. And just like your I need devotion piece that you read there, that um that refrain is is great. That lightning strikes twice around you and the various um iterations of that line uh were really powerful and early on in that the kind of uh, uh ocean ending words were uh, just it just gave it a really good sense of energy, I thought. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> um, so if I can, if I, so if it, this could be like dragons, then maybe I, if I give you like fifty quid for fifty percent of the equity or something like that in the yeah, sure. selling business. Yeah, Dave, you could just hand over to Tom a list of plays that you've never written, and Tom. <laughs> well, could... the, the the reason it resonates with me is because I have notebooks full of titles, um, <laughs> and. and and I used to send theatres rather than send them anything resembling a outline or synopsis i'd just say i've had an idea for these the following plays and there'd be kind of 20 play titles in an email or in a letter that i dropped off i mean it sort of is like the brand name of the of the work and it sort of is the uh, the publicity device really isn't it yeah while while i've had time on my hands i've actually been like digging through carrier bags full of old paperwork and i did the first play that i had on old truck i found a uh, a sheet of paper with about 15 alternate titles for this play, mm. some of which were absolutely atrocious. <laughs> so if anyone wants them, <laughs> you can have them. You, you keep them, Dave, you keep them. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alice, we're romping through, aren't we now? Um, we've just got the one guest poet to come. Um, yes, uh up next, we have Gina, and Gina is our last performer of the podcast. So this one is called Some People. Some People. A plane cuts through the early morning sky. I can just hear its engines, but the bird song is louder. They are still flying then, some people. Um, and because we were talking about memories and parents and death um i also lost my mum 
quite suddenly, quite recently in mid-February, just before all this pandemic stuff started. And we just managed to get her funeral in beforehand, fortunately. But it's really weird because with all this, you've not really got time to properly grieve because there's so much other stuff going on. So I wasn't going to read this, but I've just dug out something that I wrote uh, two or three years ago. And it's a memory of um, when I was growing up with mum and we went out to tea to an old teacher's house. So it's called Time for Tea. Time for Tea. I'm trying to recall the colour of your hair that sunny afternoon in 1976. A summer's day, a weekend, an invitation to afternoon tea, a real chamomile lawn affair, a white garden table, wrought iron, I think, set in the corner of a secluded lawn in the shade of a tree. A mother and daughter, you with fiery red hair, and me, an English literature prodigy, a sapling about to blossom. It's as if we'd stepped back in time to a middle-class tea party of pre-war years. Our hosts, an eccentric ancient teacher of Irish heritage with an Oxford pedigree, and his mother, a tiny bird-like figure, wiry, beady-eyed and intense, silver hair pinned in a bun, dressed in grey, if my recollection serves me right. And we were offered tea in shallow, pale yellow china cups with an orange blossom pattern. Pure tea, black, no sugar, no splash of milk. Quite a shock to a 16-year-old me, topped off, of course, with a slice of lemon and served with wafer-thin cucumber sandwiches, bite-sized and cool to the palate. Best behaviour. Time to remember your manners. Conversation wandered through the house design with its atrium, light cast from the window set on the ceiling out of this round room with busts of stern, Marlborough College masters keeping watch over the dipped mosaic floor. Fast forward from the Romans to the Nuremberger Alley in 1938. Sipping tea, he tells us he was there because that was the time he met his Austrian wife and how powerful and frightening it was when the crowds were swayed by Hitler. Then another leap through pages of English literature to what I should study next. You turn to look at me and suddenly your hair catches a ray of the afternoon sun. What a beautiful crown of hair you've got, my dear. Is it natural? My teacher's mother gazes admiringly at your coiffure. You smile politely and nod, no doubt, or sweetly say, why, yes, of course it is. In the car driving home, we laugh about it. The strange-tasting tea, the tiny woman with the silver hair and your red tresses. You are proud of them, and for a long time after, I remember you kept your hair colour a fiery red. Was it natural? Of course it was. Um, and then I've got a couple more really relating to um, to the lockdown. So this one that I'm going to read is called Royal Mint. Royal Mint. We're going contactless with COVID-19, turning coronavirus into a plastic swipe. No coins necessary. Even the Royal Mint has no loose change. Switched with a lever, these royal heads are called to account by Her Majesty's Treasury for royal exchange to 1.9 million medical visors for the NHS. Striking a coin, striking the hearts of those on the COVID front line. No trenches, yet the nation is entrenched in a social distancing, shielding a social isolation barrier. Compound interest, what cost of COVID? Lives. Suddenly, minted coins, sovereign exchanges of copper, zinc and nickel pale into nothing, but life-saving visors count. This is a royal exchange. Blue Shoes Blue Shoes walked in decades ago, one summer filled with royal blue skies and heat, so intense it seemed hotter than subterranean Africa. Parched landscapes starved of rain as dry as the bones of a paper-thin skeleton dug from the bowels of Silbury Hill. Arid and dusty thick with hope, 
That summer held blue sky dreams and royal blue shoes. It was the edge of the future. The edge of the future beginning with a single pair of royal blue shoes. And I'll finish with this one. It's called Expectant. There is the moon, a pale crescent in the soon-to-be night sky. Late April dusk, the warmth of summer to come, expectant. Soft bird song as night falls and light fades into a world of cool silence. A distant dog bark, eyes wide, the cat sniffs the air, expectant. Thank you. let you respond Dave. Yeah thanks Gina. Um, I know people can't see this but I, I'm, I was just looking at you thinking that maybe we're sharing the same hairdresser at the moment. <laughs> yeah probably. <laughs> I, I've, I've obviously been aware that you uh, are involved in poetry but we also go kind of way back to when we were working as journalists don't we and um, I once got shot down in flames for suggesting that journalism was in no way related to creative writing at a talk that I gave. And I, I, would, I wondered what you thought about the different mindset was between writing for newspapers and, and journalism and, and, and what the mindset is when you're doing creative writing. Yeah, so. I think it's a completely different mindset because I think you've got a whole... You're not constrained, are you? When, when you're writing creatively, you, you've got a blank piece of paper and you can make that work for you. You can put your imagination into it, your creativity. You can go with your thoughts, take take yourself where you want to go. Whereas when you're writing in journalism, and I'm, I guess you might agree with this, Jerome, you're, you've got facts, you've got, you've got a story to tell, you've got to get the main point of the story across and the angle, and you've got to balance it with um, each side of the, of the argument so that everybody gets a fair crack. But when you're writing creatively, it's completely different because it's it's you, you've got a freedom that 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 you haven't got when you're writing, um, you know, for a newspaper or an article or a feature, or or, or doing a piece for radio. So it's or it, 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 it's a joy, I think. Yeah, but interestingly, in your in your pieces that you did there, like the Royal Mint one felt, you know, it was a, it was obviously a political. Um, not really, no. I'll tell you why I've done it. It was funnily enough because well, I've been I've, I've done a few poems about mint, actually. It seems to be um, a thing I've got in the minute because we've got this huge mint, pot of mint in the bottom of the garden. But Royal, actually, I was kind of trying it out, really. Royal Mint was, I'm doing a, I belong to another poetry group called Subtle Flame, and we've got a theme called Royal on Thursday. So I was trying to look at different ways for uh, how to go about with um look at the theme of royal i suppose in a way it's political in terms of it's like it's so bad that the royal mint's got to turn out visors because there's not enough stuff going on for ppe you know at the moment which there isn't um but i just happened upon that because i i was just googling and i and, and i I did something with the royal well i didn't i just bought a coin from the royal mint for my daughter for who collects coins earlier in the year for a birthday and kind of joined, got on the Royal Mint mailing list. So they mailed me stuff quite regularly, all their new coins. And then I was just looking and it just said, oh yes, we're just doing these visors. So it just struck me as a, as a starting point for something. I thought, oh yeah, I can get the word Royal in. So that's where that, that came from. And that, that first poem that you did, um, was yeah. it called Some People? Like really short. Like yeah. it's amazing what you can pack into a few words. Yeah, it's, that's what I like about it as well. That's what I love about poetry. It doesn't have to be a really, really long ode type thing. Or um, it, I think that's also what attracted me to poetry in the beginning when I was younger and started writing. Yeah, I used to I write stories as well, but with a poem, you can it can be really compact, really short, and you can say a lot in a few words and beautifully. And I think that's that's an art in itself, and that's what I really like. These short poems, very much like a photograph, you can cram a lot in. That was wonderful. Thank you, Gina. Can I just say thank you for letting me like, be a part of this because um, you're an impressive bunch. I mean, such a, a, a diverse 
collection of work presented on this. Uh, it's been a joy to listen to and, you know, be involved. Amazing. Seems there's been no human experience or emotion that we haven't explored in this particular podcast episode. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all your contributions. Um, if you've been listening, you've been listening to a Hull Is This podcast uh, co-produced with the Yada Yada Spoken Word Group. And Alice is about to remind us where you can follow Yada Yada online. Yes, uh, you can follow us on Twitter, and that's at Yada Yada Open Mic. And we also have a Facebook and an Instagram, which is Yada Yada Spoken Word. We'll be recording again in two weeks' time, so if you do want to take part, do get in touch with Alice uh, via those social media accounts. Until next time, stay bright, look after yourselves, keep washing your hands. We'll see you on the other side. Bye for now.